Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me today. Glad you are here and happy you're listening. Well, there's nothing in the news right now other than the Trump search warrant issued by the Department of Justice and specifically authorized by Merrick Garland. And I think America is outraged by this. I don't want to say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, The Department of Unjustice has been operating this way for at least 15 years now, I would say. Um, maybe longer, and it's only getting worse. I mean, the they everybody talks about the rule of law and uh, this, that, and the other, and 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 the reality is there's there's only the rule of law uh, when when they don't like you, or when they don't agree with you, or when it's politically expedient to get rid of you. And this is a real problem in in the United States of America. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this ultimately uh, results in, you know, among other things, uh, the disintegration of the United States of America. And I know that's a, I know that's a very strong statement, but people don't realize how important justice is. Uh, in a system of government like ours. I mean, when, when I think I've mentioned this before, but when wagon trains were moving out West and people were, were, you know, moving in big wagon trails and they were, you know, staking claims on land out West and stuff. The only thing that those big columns of people stopped for, I mean, they didn't stop for anything, but the one thing they did stop for is if there was some sort of injustice that happened, they would have some sort of makeshift trial, and they would, uh, ex- you know, proceed with the the punishment right there on the wagon trail. And so, this is something that's very embedded in our culture. And you know, most people don't look that carefully at it, like like I do, or like I have been doing. But there's a there's kind of an there's such an overt. Uh, use of this power that I think it's, it's, it's inescapable, you know, to, I mean, I don't think there's any way the average person is person is missing this. Now there, there are several people on CNN and MSNBC that are misinterpreting all this. Uh, but they, you know, they've been pretty reliable to do that all along the way. So today I've got a, a report from the Ingram angle and I've also got Merrick Garland's statement uh, that he gave himself. And I think I want to start with that because um, he just he just tells lie after lie after lie. I mean, he's not even, it's not that he's lying so much. What he's saying is is true, but it's all these cliche kind of talk, you know, especially when he starts talking about the good women and men of the FBI. You know, I mean, that organization is corrupt from top to bottom, man. I mean, I, I guess if it's not, 
these people are just so afraid of losing their job or putting their career on the line that they don't want to stand up, you know, which I, you know, look, I can understand. I mean, if you're, if you're struggling paying the bills and you're just like, man, I just, what am I going to do? I can't take on this, this giant behemoth, the FBI. I guess I just need to go along. And I get that. I get that. But man, start looking for another career. Get out of that thing. Cause you're going to wake up one day and not even recognize your own face. I mean, you're going to be so compromised. Your integrity is going to be so flushed down the toilet that you're never going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror again. So let's start off by listening to Merrick Garland. I want to comment on a couple of things he says, and then we'll switch to Laura Ingram because I think her Ingram angle that she does on the beginning of her show was very good, and I think uh, I want to play it and comment a little bit on it. Since I became Attorney General, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. So the first part there, he talks about how the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. I mean, am I supposed to be comforted by that? I don't think the problem is the court filing or the work that the DOJ does. I think the problem is that it only directs its work and its court filings at its political enemies. That's that's really what's at issue here. It's not that um, the work itself is being critiqued. It's 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 the fact that the way it's directed at political enemies, and there seems to be never there never seems to be anything to it. I mean, look at the Russia thing. There was absolutely nothing to that, and it lasted all four years of Donald Trump's presidency. It started before he was even president, like in September of 2019. They were, they were tapping, wiretapping Carter Page and using the three-hop method and talking to, not, not, not just listening to Carter Page, but listening to people that Carter Page was talking to and people that those people were talking to. I mean, think about the wide net that that cast. So it's not, it's not the procedures and the, and, the, and the things that the Department of Justice has traditionally done. It's the fact that they're directing these things at their political enemies, like we're, like we're Cuba or something. That's, that's, what's at, that's what's at stake, and that's, what's at, that's what people are taking to task here and what's undermining these institutions. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. This is like standing up and saying, I read every single instruction in the instruction manual. 
and put this thing together just perfectly. I mean, you know, we don't care. We people are not questioning the procedure or the the due process that you're following. You're following due process. What what people are questioning is the mindset and the conversation and the the justification or the predicate behind launching these procedures. That's what America is upset about and wants to know more about. I don't want to know about how you filed this and you you know did that and followed all the instructions like a good little you know government employee does. They don't care about that. They want to know why are you doing this? Why? I mean, he was the president of the United States. He declassified all these documents. You were negotiating with his attorneys about getting some of the documents back. I mean, this is all just theater, political theater, and uh, you know, a way to try to make the president look bad so that CNN can spend hours upon hours saying, this is it, Donald Trump's going to jail, this is the one, this is the smoking gun. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. You know, the disconnect here is like he's, it's like he's reading from the Constitution. People know what the Constitution says about their rights and due process and procedure. We all know that. The problem is we don't feel like that that's being done. <laughs> that, this guy's just totally missing the point. We, we understand that you did all, you checked all the boxes and did everything right. What we don't understand is why you started the process in the first place. And even though Americans are entitled to this, the fact that you wield this power and you do so in a way that is, is, is devastating to average Americans, not so much to Donald Trump. He's got lots of money to fight you. But, the, the, you know, are you really faithfully just following the law? I mean, really? I mean, is that why James Clapper is not in jail or didn't go to jail? Is that why John Brennan didn't go to jail? Is that why uh, I, you know, Eric Holder didn't get in trouble for running guns into Mexico so he could make the Second Amendment look bad? I mean, come on. Does anybody believe that the Justice Department or the FBI or anything associated with the, the carrying out the rule of law is actually doing that in this country faithfully and without prejudice? I mean, come on, give me a break, man. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. Federal law, long-standing federal rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from telling you more about what's going on. I mean, where are these ethical obligations in deciding whether or not to even launch such an investigation? 
or to even issue such a warrant? These these are the these are the questions behind the questions. He's just answering all the procedurals. He's he's basically saying, I followed all the rules, I checked all the boxes, I followed the instructions to the letter, and I did what I was supposed to do. The question is, why did you do all this? Why did you even embark on this fishing expedition? What is going on at the Justice Department? What what are the conversations taking place? between you and the president or the president's administration that would even cause one to even embark on such a, a crazy uh, miscarriage of justice? That, that's really the question behind the question. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. So here he admits that uh, he personally uh, approved this search warrant, which we already knew. I mean, we speculated a couple of nights ago that that was the case. But then he, he goes on to say, you know, we don't normally, you know, we don't do this, we don't do this lightly. You know, we, we normally try to work behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Okay, that may be what you do normally, but this was intentionally very public. I mean, the media was there, Johnny on the spot, and nobody believes that. I mean, I I just don't believe that at all. And as far as the men and women of the FBI, you know, I've said this before on this program, I, I question anybody's integrity that goes and works for the federal government. I mean, I just don't think the, those people are there because that type of power, that type of work attracts a certain type of person, somebody without integrity, somebody without character. Now, are there some people that have character and integrity in the federal government? Yeah, maybe, you know, there's some, but we're talking about probably less than 20%. The overwhelming majority of those people that work in the federal government think that they're doing good somehow. They think that harassing people for their tax, you know, for to pay taxes or to follow some stupid, meaningless rule with the EPA or uh, to abide by some stupid law like you can't lie to the federal government when they can lie to you all day long, all every day and all day long. I mean, this is this is any anybody with any kind of rational thinking has got to realize that this is just. Uh, a, a, a mafia, uh, you know, an organized crime organization masquerading as a, as a human rights organization. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. 
I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Really, every day, you know, somebody from the FBI is, is protecting my, my civil liberties and, and protecting me against terrorism and other threats. Really? I don't think so. I, I call bullshit on that. I mean, this is just, it's part of the story, right? This is all one big story. Uh, it's a propaganda movement. These guys don't do anything to protect you. If anything, they're a threat to your civil liberty. I mean, that's why you should never talk to one of these people, ever. You should just say lawyer. What's your name? Lawyer. You know, I mean, don't ever say anything to them. They're the single largest threat to your civil liberty. I mean, you can find yourself in jail quicker than anything. You talk to a federal, uh, somebody from the federal government. All right, I want to switch gears to Laura Ingram. There's at least a little bit more sanity in her Ingram angle. Uh, I think uh, I think she brings up some good points. Uh, some of the points I've just made now about uh, how they're not really, yeah, they're going after John, Donald Trump literally, but this is also an attack on me and you. And I think Laura Ingram makes that case very succinctly. A former president's home has been searched now by a number of FBI agents. When you look at this in the view of sort of 30,000 feet and history, Maggie, I'll start with you. How big of a moment is this? Is this a moment we are all going to remember? Yes, we're all going to remember being together on this night because this is a night where you are going to remember where you were. This is a clip from CNN, and uh, I just think it's funny, this woman that she asked, Maggie, somebody, um, it's like she's taking speaking lessons from Kamala Harris. Uh, yes, this is a night uh, you're going to remember because this is a night where you're going to remember who you were with. It's like, what? What is she talking about? But at first, you you know, at first when I listened to this, I thought, you know, the host was kind of outraged, you know, by the the FBI searching former president's home. But I think she was, I think she's, I think she's more looking at like, you know, kind of gleefully like, oh, they finally got, they finally have something on Donald Trump. I don't know. It's hard to read. It, it's interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to know kind of what the audience thinks about the way she says that. I couldn't quite get the meaning behind the meaning. Well, the search warrant served on Mar-a-Lago this morning had Donald Trump's name on it. But the real target of this investigation isn't Trump. The real target of this investigation is you or anyone who dares to call out and take on the rank corruption of the D.C. establishment. This is the deep state's revenge. They're trying to show all of us that we'll be destroyed if we fight them, if we question the repeated failures of the Pentagon leadership, if we make serious, and I'm talking about serious moves to disrupt the status quo here in Washington. You know, the status quo that protects the powerful as long as they play the game. I think Laura Ingram is spot on here. I mean, she's talking about the fact that this is very visible in nature. And so people are afraid now, you know, I mean, you could look at this and go, golly, man. I mean, they just were fixing to hire 87,000 IRS agents. The FBI seems to be politically motivated, uh, presumably also against people that don't pay their taxes or, or have questionable, you know, deductions on their tax returns. 
And, you know, I mean, go look at, go look at what 87,000 people, you know, would look like. Go, go to your nearest major city and look at a football stadium that holds 87,000 people and just have, imagine that number of people being unleashed on the American public. In fact, it's more than that because they already had like 65,000. So you're talking about a, a tremendous number of people getting into very intimate details of your life, you know, who you gave donations to for charities and just all kinds of things. And so I think, I think Laura Ingram is onto something here. I think she's right that, that people are worried now. They're looking at this very publicly executed search warrant, which I, I think a real high percentage of the population thinks is total bullshit. And they're, and they're going, Oh my God, man, if they can do this to Trump, what, what could they do to me? Well, the, the answer is they could wipe you out, completely wipe you out. Look at what they did to the people on January 6th that went up there to riot and protest and redress their government. I mean, that, that, these are very serious, powerful people that can do a lot of damage to individuals and individual liberty. Now, for decades, they got away with selling us out by letting in 20 million illegals flooding across our border. They sold us out by sending our manufacturing jobs to China. They sold us out by wasting trillions on stupid wars in the Middle East. And now they're selling us out by wasting billions, billions more in Ukraine. A year after 13 of our service members were murdered in Afghanistan due to our own general's incompetence. And think about this tonight. Still, no one has been fired. You think Trump would have ever put away with any, put up with any of this? And if he got back into power, they know he would hold all the right people accountable for what they've done. Yeah, I agree with uh, Laura Ingram here. I mean, you know, the people have been sold out. The, the permanent state uh, has sold out the American public. They've done this, you know, it's not just by shipping jobs overseas. It's, it's, it's more foundational than that, but that's been the result. And, you know, there's just, I mean, she's talking about the kind of the surface issues, but that's what people feel. That's what people see. They see the surface issues. I think what I want to try to point out is that it's, it's, it's more than just the surface issues. It's, it's the money, you know, the money system, uh, the banking system, uh, the, the fact that we have the world reserve currency and we prop up all these institutions around the world like the IMF and the World Bank and the OECD. I mean, all this stuff. This is all exists because we can just print money and give it to people or create credit out of thin air. And what, what Laura Ingram is talking about is all the symptoms of that. Uh, you know, we necessarily move jobs overseas, you know, multi-corporate, I mean, trade has to be negotiated. It can't just be, hey, we just want to trade with you. We just want to have free trade with you as a country. No, all these all these trade agreements have to be negotiated so that the multinational corporations can can get their money and and make sure their river of money keeps coming in. So it's 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 the problem with Trump or the problem with the way she ends this is if he gets elected, he's going to hold all these people accountable. 
he's he's really not going to be able to do that. I mean, this is a this is a bigger problem than Trump even realizes exists. I mean, he he's had a taste of it, okay, but he doesn't really understand, you know, the the attacks on liberty and the, and the fundamental underlying issues with our country, with our government. I think he'll expose a lot of corruption and I think he'll drive the media crazy, but he's not going to hold anybody accountable. Now, Congress maybe could hold some people accountable, the FBI and the DOJ, if they could ever get to the bottom of, you know, the predicates surrounding some of these uh, legal um, injustices on people. But Trump himself is not going to be able to hold people accountable because he doesn't even really understand uh, the violations and the way the government works. You know, I mean, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I like the guy. I think he's entertaining. I I would rather have him than Biden any day or even Hillary Clinton. But there is no scenario under which Trump holds the deep state uh, accountable. That's just not going to happen. If the DOJ had a real serious case against Trump that was threatening the republic, they would have charged him months ago. But the word had obviously gone out from the White House that he needed to be punished and he needed to be tormented in any way possible before the midterms. And of course, you can always count on the press, right, to never question the powers that be when the powers that be are Democrat. The Biden White House outside, uh, the actual White House, not in the Justice Department, they didn't know. They were blindsided. Given how buttoned up and cautious Merrick Garland is, especially with something as sticky as this, it's hard to imagine that they gave the White House a heads up. I do agree. I would be stunned if anybody in the White House, including the president, knew. Yeah, of course. You know, Laura Ingram is correct. If, If the DOJ had anything substantial or concrete, about illegalities with Trump or his administration, this would have been wrapped up six years ago. I mean, the problem is they don't like the man, so they're looking for a crime. Um, that's uh, in that Stalin's famous saying, you know, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Or whoever that was. I mean, maybe it wasn't Stalin. Maybe it was Lenin. But that's that's the nature of the way our government is now. They they decide they don't like somebody. They investigate, investigate, investigate until they can find something. And, you know, most people, you're going to find something if you look that hard, right? I mean, not, not everybody's walking around, you know, perfectly squeaky clean. And cer- certainly somebody as powerful as Trump probably has something they could uncover. <clears throat> but... I think it's interesting the media just feigns this, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, of course the White House didn't know anything about it. But I think Laura Ingram's right. I think the White House is behind it. I think I think they're looking at an unmitigated disaster during the midterms, and they're like, we've got to get out there and do something. You know, electorally, we can't win. Uh, so we got to go make the leader of the Republican Party look like a complete crook so that we can come out on TV every day and call him a crook and keep him from running and also keep a bunch of Republicans from winning. But the best thing I think is Andrew McCabe, the disgraced former deputy director of the FBI. He was chiming in. And at the standard now, this is wild, it's apparently that if a search warrant is issued, the subject must be guilty. 
The FBI would not have taken a step as drastic and serious as this unless they had good information to indicate that this was the result of some knowing, willful, uh, intentional acts of removing classified documents or sensitive documents, documents in violation of some federal laws. Why anybody would seriously consider anything Andrew McCabe said is a mystery to me. I mean, the guy completely, I mean, he was way behind the, all the uh, Russia hoax stuff on Trump. And he knew none of that stuff was real, and he pursued it anyway. He knew there was no predicate for any of that, that they did. They were simply, they, they decided they didn't like the man, and they simply went looking for a crime. That's, that's what happened. And, and for this guy to be on TV and, be, and, and have anybody uh, credibly you know, get responses from this guy that are credible that, should, that it should actually be considered is just baffling to me. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised CNN is still in business. They, they really have gone all in with some of these deep state characters like John Brennan and Andrew McCabe and, you know, have given them big fat contracts to come on TV and, and, and just run with these uh, complete, you know, fabrications about Trump. So, I mean, it is just, I mean, it's something else. And I, and I think the more people they trot out like this, the more people in America just go, what in the world are we doing? What is going on with our country? And I think that's, uh, that's what, you know, uh, Laura Ingram is hitting on here. Uh, they're obsessed. They're obsessed with knocking Trump out of the political arena. And it's, look, it's obviously hurt him personally and politically, but this also hurts our trust in our system of government. Because we all see the Justice Department's leadership now for what it is. This is not the image of, the, of Lady Justice operating with a blindfold, but this is a Praetorian guard that shields all of those who hold the real power in this town. Surveillance, subpoenas, search warrants, they're the weapons of choice, which is what they deploy against you when they're threatened by you. They harass your friends, they make you spend money, and look, most people, they're not gonna tolerate this, they're gonna go through it, which is why the deep state usually has its way. To me, this is the silver lining in all this. The fact that this is exposed and now average Americans are thinking about this, I, I'm just thrilled to death that this is the silver lining because I feel like I've been talking into the wilderness for the last 20 years. I mean, I've been talking about this stuff forever and people go, Oh yeah, you know, it's not that big a deal or yeah, occasionally they get it wrong. I, no, no, no. This is intentional. This is intentional uh, of our government. It's, it's not them getting it wrong. This is them using the government as a weapon and when you finally get that, you start, to, you start to then kind of believe in the evil that the government is. And, and you start to hate every little aspect of it. I mean, the government is not the founding of this country. We've, we've, that ship sailed a long time ago. I mean, the statesmen that, that created this country uh, in the debates that took place in Philadelphia in 1787, that, that ship sailed a long time ago. I mean, we don't have statesmen running this country anymore. We have a, a permanent 
a bureaucracy, a managerial state that implements millions, millions, tens of millions of administrative laws against the citizens of this country. And it's done so with political malice. It, it's, it's done in a way to uh, protect the managerial state, uh, self-preservation uh, of, of the people that, that are involved in this business. And I've, and I've said all along, you know, look, people are people. Individuals are individuals. If James Comey hadn't been the director of the FBI, he's got no more rights than I do. And the fact that he walks across the street and works in a building called the Federal Bureau of Investigation doesn't automatically, somehow, magically give him power over me. But that's the way they think. That's exactly how they feel about their positions of power inside our government. But Trump is not most people. And Trump isn't the only target. Liz Cheney has already said that Ron DeSantis is too close to Trump. She can't support him. I think we can all assume that we're going to get similar treatment if DeSantis gets anywhere near the White House. So they want to scare all of us into being silent. They don't believe that the GOP is legitimate unless it's controlled by the establishment types. And they're going to oppose anyone who tries to make real policy changes. And they're going to use every weapon they have. But we know all this now. We don't believe in the deep state anymore. We don't trust their titles. We're not impressed by their badges. I absolutely agree with Laura Ingram here. But the problem is, who is going to run? Who, is, who out there that's a statesman is going to run for these high offices, knowing that once you run into some, some controversy or some resistance, they're going to use this managerial state against you and bankrupt you and drag you through broken glass. I mean, nobody in their right mind would take that on except the people that, you know, will go along to get along and just continue the status quo. And how is that helpful? And, and the reality is that's where the Republican Party has been. Okay, that's why this has persisted so long is there's not really an opposition party. If you're out there and you hate Democrats, well, that's fine, but you can't honestly look at the Republican Party and say, that's the opposition party. No, no, no way. I mean, they're, they're more closely related uh, than, than not. And so, you know, how are we ever going to get a, a good, bona fide candidate in any job, really, when, when the deep state can threaten and ruin your life to the degree which they're doing to Donald Trump. I, you know, I was, I told my wife, I said, man, if I was Donald Trump, after I got voted out of office, you know, allegedly, I would have just left the United States. There's no way I would stay here and endure this. The principled civil servants inside our government, the ones who still like to call balls and strikes, they're smothered by all those who choose corruption and cronyism over professionalism. So I saw them all tonight on the other nets. They were celebrating tonight. But Merrick Garland may have just done more to rally the conservative base than inflation and high gas prices ever could. Imagine what these people would have said if the Trump DOJ had executed a search warrant on Hillary Clinton's home or his, her home office. 
Anyone remember the Clinton Foundation State Department scandals? No search warrants there. Hunter Biden, he's being investigated by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. No search warrant there. No Merrick Garland authorized raid. There's really two things I want to mention about this latest comment from Laura Ingram. One is, I don't care if you're a faithful servant or not. You're serving, uh, in, my, in my opinion, an evil Okay, if you're if you're a good and and faithful uh, law-abiding FBI agent, you're still serving you're still serving uh, an instrument of evil. I mean, I, I hate to tell you that, but that's just the reality. Okay, that is just the cold hard truth. The other thing I want to say is that the idea that Merrick Garland is just faithfully you know, enforcing the laws of the United States without prejudice and without opinion, that's just bullshit. I mean, that's just complete bullshit. She just gave you a few examples there of where none of that ever happened before. And so, you know, it's clearly politically motivated. And and so, you know, what 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 becomes of our justice system when it when it's just a political bludgeoning tool, you know? That's that's really the problem, and so, it, and this is going to have impact on on your average people too. I mean, they're not going to, you know, they're going to politely, you know, agree during cocktail parties or whatever. They're certainly not going to speak their mind about the way things should be, and and if we can't talk to each other, we can't we can't ever get the we never can get to these the solutions, the correct solutions, and so there's a there's a real problem with. Uh, uh, this example that Merrick Garland and the DOJ has set. Eric Holder, he was held in contempt of Congress. No accountability there. These people, though, I think they all know their time is almost up. So they're strafing the landscape in one last pathetic burst. We don't know where this so-called investigation is going to end up, but given the recent anti-Trump history of this DOJ and FBI, there is no reason that Trump supporters should trust motivations or the outcome here. Yeah, you know, this Eric Holder piece, Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. Not only was he not tried and convicted like Steve Bannon recently was, but they didn't do anything to Eric Holder. He wasn't even negatively rebuked in the media or anything. I mean, absolutely nothing happened to that guy. Eric Holder knowingly administered a, a guns, a run gunning operation into Mexico to kind of put the second amendment in poor light, or it was like a PR campaign, but a border patrol person got killed. Who knows how many other citizens got killed? Nothing ever happened at all to that guy. I mean, the ends justify the means the, these people look at, they look at, they, get, they say to themselves, well, the second amendment is bad. And then they justify in their own minds to break three or four or ten dozen laws to try to go show that the Second Amendment is bad or to you know create a campaign, uh, a negative PR campaign against the Second Amendment. I mean, and this guy wasn't censured, uh, subpoenaed, or anything. When he when his call before Congress to talk about it, he just ignored it. And so you can't tell me and and and. I think this is becoming more and more apparent to more and more Americans that this justice system 
is not selectively, selectively administered. That's why I call it the just us system, not the justice system. Conservatives are coming back to power, probably in 2024. And when we come back, they will be sorry that they abused the power of our intel agencies, our federal law enforcement, and even our military. And P.S., watch what happens to Liz Cheney next week in Wyoming. And then you'll know what's coming for the establishment that's so gleeful about this morning's search warrant.